All right, good morning, Emmanuel. How many love Jesus today? You love him? Uh, let me ask that question again. How many really love Jesus today? You love him? No, that's better. Come on. Big shout out to all of our locations, whether you're joining online, Lakeville, Elk River, Maple Grove, or Spring Lake Park. It's so good to be together. This weekend, Avalanche, our students got together and it was powerful. All of our locations gathered together in Spring Lake Park and uh, it was just a move of God. Uh, and there's nothing like it, nothing better in the whole wide world. And I know that God wants to do even more in the next generation. Can I get an amen to that church? And if, if you are a student or a youth leader or you're on the youth staff, I just want you to know thank you for showing up at church today because <laughs> they went in late into the night and uh, it's so powerful. And in a little bit at the end of the service, there's gonna be a special moment. I'm gonna ask for the youth and the leaders, you to lead the way. Um, let a little bit of Avalanche Revival pour into our church, amen? I would just love to see that happen. Uh, next week, we are starting a brand new series of the Fearless series, and uh, Pastor Nathan mentioned that just a few moments ago. But it's, we, we do two times a year where we pause and we encourage literally everybody to either start a group or join a group. And it's only four weeks long, and if you could join a Fearless group or, or start your own, there's nothing better for your faith than to be in a relationship with other people and talking about Sunday morning's message. We do all the work for you. We got short videos. We got the books. You just ask questions. But this is where real life change happens. It happens when you get to know somebody else, not just get caught up in theater religion, where you come in and you watch somebody do a thing in front of you on a platform and then you go home. But now you got to take that next step where you get to know other people. And some of you are like, I've, I don't know anybody at the church yet. Well, you'd be perfect to, let's start some groups. Let's get involved. And we would love to help you with that. You can find out by checking that QR code out. And uh, our pastor will, will help you with that. All right, we're gonna go right into week number three of our Breaking Through series. This is the end of the series. This is the caboose of the train. This is the last thing, and uh, if I could just dial you back to remember how we started the year off, we started off talking about how breakthrough is possible for every person. And it's my desire as a pastor that you not just get your ticket to heaven and then struggle the rest of your life. No, I want you to have breakthroughs in your story. And there are a lot of forces that are fighting against you. There's supernatural forces. We talked about Daniel and uh, his 21 days of prayer and fasting waiting for an answer. But how many know the answer is on the way when we start praying? And there's a way to walk through that. We talked about the power of authority and that when you're under authority in your heart, that it gives you spiritual authority in the battles that you face. And, uh, and then how many enjoyed last week when Kevin and Sarah Ramsey shared their message on forgiveness? Wasn't that powerful? And uh, if you haven't heard it or seen it, I just encourage you to actually watch it if you can. Go online. All our messages are on our, our Emmanuel MN app or you can go on our website. I just encourage you to watch it because the, the visual of what they did with the uh, with forgiveness is so powerful, you need to see it, and it's an important thing to apply to your life. So as we land the plane with breaking through, there's one element that I just can't leave out. There's something that is a part of my life and is a breakthrough in my life that I can't leave out. And before I get to that, I just, 
I want you to consider a, a, a common experience that happens to people. How many of you ever been to a, a place where uh, you went on a trip and you got there and you opened your suitcase and you realized you forgot some really important things? Uh, or you took off from your house and you got to the place, to the party, you for, forgot the card or you forgot the money or you, God forbid you for, get to the airport and you forgot your passport or something like that. And there's that moment where you're like, shoot, I left it at home. Well, this thing that I wanna talk about today is that I, I want the breakthrough item we're gonna talk about, I don't want you to leave it at home. You cannot forget to bring this thing into the future. In fact, don't forget to bring your praise. Amen. Turn to the person and say, don't forget to bring your praise. See, without it, you are fighting alone. You can get stuck, trapped in a battle, overwhelmed with the circumstances that you're in and unable to get out of that season, but there is a way to go and win the battle when you utilize the Bible's weapon of praise to the Lord. And so the title of my message today is this, Get Your Praise On. Get Your Praise On. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61 is known as one of the great messianic promises or prophetic portions of scripture about what Jesus would be. In fact, at one point, Jesus, when he had come out of the wilderness under temptation and won the battle, he goes into a, into a synagogue and he opens the scroll of Isaiah and he reads from this text. And he tells the people at that time, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. But what you need to know is the promise of Messiah is available for you today. That this thing we're reading isn't just an ancient historical text, it's actually meant to be realized by people in this generation. In Isaiah 61 verse one, it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oils of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. There's so many things wrapped up in this particular text, but when the anointing comes, it's the empowerment, the authority that Jesus has, and it comes into somebody's story. He remembers the poor. He remembers the brokenhearted. In fact, it says that he mends the brokenhearted. In other words, he nurtures them until they're back to health. He sets the prisoners free. And there's comfort for those that are in mourning. Some of you have gone through grieving and experiences of loss and those kind of things. And you need to know the promises of Messiah are available for you. Beauty instead of ashes. Oils of joy instead of mourning. But then it says a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. I've got this coat rack. It's on the platform. I, I don't know if you noticed it or not. But I've got, I've got this coat, all these coats, right? Some of you are like all bent out of shape that I don't have the same hanger for all of them. I'm sorry about that, all of you. Or they're not like spread out exactly the amount 
type of things, deal with it, right? Just deal with it today. But when you go to pick out what you're going to wear each day, you might look through what would match, what's good for you and all of that. And, and as you look for it, uh, through it, I want you to know you have a choice of what you put on. You have a choice of the condition of your life, what you're gonna live with throughout that day. And when it comes to a garment of praise, it's actually referring to a very special garment that the priest would use and they were allowed in worship and praise. But God would say, the promise of Messiah is not just for special people that have reverend in front of their name or special people that never did anything wrong. But no, anybody that's in despair, anybody that's lost hope, anybody that's in a difficult condition, there is a very special garment or jacket, if you will, for you that you can put on. And it's an exchange. Instead of the despair, you get to have the garment of praise. So I don't know which one I, I would want to pick today. You know, if I want to feel like a champion, I suppose I'd wear this one. Uh, uh, let's see here. Um, I've, got, I've got a messy one, too. This is messy. Uh, um, that might mess my hair up, though. I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. No, I think I'll put on the winning team here at Emmanuel. The, I'm going to put on a Kingdom Builders jacket. Why not, right? The garment of praise. Well, listen, I want you to consider, I put this on instead of despair. Despair is the complete loss of absence of hope. No hope equals no faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We need faith to break through. If you want faith, you're gonna have to put on praise. If you wanna live with faith, then you're gonna have to put on praise. The Messiah, Jesus, came to give you some new clothes, and what you choose to put on is important. So when I talk about praise, what is it? It's actually unique to the scripture. We don't use this in other parts of our culture but it's from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, New Testament, Old Testament to the New, New Testament. And in the Old Testament, there are five main groups of words for praise. There's halal, which is to praise. It's the most common one used, praising God through prayer or instruments and singing. There's tehillah praise. That's a more exuberant type of praise. There's the yada, which is to give thanks. The toda is thanksgiving, the activity of that. The zamar is to sing praise. How many singers do I got in the house? Yeah. Um, and then the sabah is another word for praise. Now the Psalms are full of encouragement for everyone to praise. In Psalm 34, verse 1, it says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. Psalm 146, verse 2, I really love this. I will praise, or halal, Yahweh while I live. I will sing praises, zamar, to my God while I am still alive. Some of you are like, well, I can't praise him. I used to do that when I was younger. 
if you still have breath, you can praise him. I'm going to praise him as long as I'm alive. It's going to come out of me. And that's what the psalmist would say. It's going to keep coming out of me. The psalms combine often two words together. The, the halal and the yah is hallelujah. Praise yah. Halal meaning to praise. But yah meaning the shortened form of Yahweh. So when you say hallelujah, you're saying praise Yahweh. It's coming out of you. Praise declares who God is, what God has done, thanks for what he has done, and trust that he's going to do it again. That's what praise does. And you see it in the life of the believers in the New Testament when you see people who were healed by Jesus, they would praise God. They would shout it out. They would give glory to God. They were set free, demon-possessed people that Jesus set free. They could now praise God. And then you even see it in the life of the believers in different circumstances, like Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, when they were imprisoned for their faith and they're sitting in prison and they start singing hymns of praise to God. And what happens? God sends an earthquake and now the prison doors are opened up and their praise shook the earth. I think it's time for the praises of God's people to shake the earth again, that it'd be something released from us. There's something powerful that happens when we praise him. And even if you look into the future, you will see that people around the throne are praising God. We're, we're going to praise him forever and ever. The believers who praised, though, they praised both in spirit and they praised with their intellect. So I'm not talking about mindless praise here. In fact, Paul, in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, he says, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit but I'll pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Isn't that good? And I think if you can think in terms of, this isn't just an outward, external, mindless activity. This is something intentional that we do as believers. And we utilize our thinking as well as our expression. So why should we praise? So why should you praise? Turn to the person next to you and say, why should you praise? First of all, you need to praise because we need to bring God into our moment. Praise brings it into our moment. Psalm 22, three says, yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. The King James Version says that he inhabits the praises of his people. I want you to consider the language you are enthroned on the praises of Israel, that God in his throne is a symbol of absolute authority. The throne of heaven is above all other thrones. The New Testament says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord, okay? So there might be other people that think they're in authority, but there's one above them all, and his name is Jesus. Okay? So when it talks about him being enthroned on our praises, the language is such 
that it's as if that while we're praising him, into the room comes the throne of God. And it's as if God likes to sit with his people. And he is enthroned in this space. He's near to you and to me when we praise him. He brings his throne in. And no matter what you see, feel, or experience, praise invites God into your story. Why should we praise? Because it's how battles are won. It's how battles are won. The Old Testament had kind of this weird thing that, God would give instructions to Israel that before they would battle other people, other armies, that they were to send the Levites, the praisers, ahead of the army into battle. So we go, all right, worship team, go ahead. And it seems really odd if you think about it as an odd way for, for God to do something. Don't you think you should send your, your strongest, your Marines, your your Biggest, strongest people, shouldn't you send the trained ones, the ones that can take out? No, send the praisers. And it's totally different than the way the world does it. Every other army did it a different way. But for Israel, they had to battle a different way. They were to praise first. This one part of the story of the Old Testament was when Judah was... uh, being surrounded in Jerusalem by enemy armies, they surrounded him. And King Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20, he prayed to God and he said, help me. And the word of God came back to Jehoshaphat in verse 15. And it said, he said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is not yours, but God's. See, it's very important that when we face battles, that we see them as God's battle, not our battle. All they could see with their natural eyes was the enemy and themselves as small. So they inquired of the Lord and God sends back to them this word, listen, it's not your battle, I got this. I've got this. I'm going to take care of it for you. You got to let me have it. And then the very next day, look what happens in verse 20. It says, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. And after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. And at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. God won the whole battle. So this is a different way of living. It's not the way that the world around us lives. 
You're frustrated and you've got bills up to your ears and you're worried about your kids and what the influences of the world are on them or people, there's conflict in your life and you don't know how to fix what is broken, especially when you are a part of breaking it. And you're sitting there trying to figure, how do I fix this thing? Well, first, you gotta humble yourself and recognize I'm not the one that is gonna win the battle. The Lord is. And you humble yourself and you say, I'm gonna praise, I'm gonna do it God's way. Then God takes care of things without you. Because you messed it up. We might mess things up, but if we let the Lord handle those things, come on, somebody, something powerful can happen. Why should we praise? Because that's how he battles. And finally, when and where should we praise? When and where should we praise? In Psalm 113, verse three, from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Now I'm thankful that our days are getting longer right now. And thank you, Jesus, for the warmer weather this winter. It's been fantastic, right? But when and where should we praise? This psalm covers both of those things. From the rising of the sun means the beginning of the day until it's going down. When the sun goes down, that's all day long, right? But then there's a part of it. Where does the sun rise? It rises in the east. As far as you can go to the east, that's where you praise him. You don't stop praising him when you hit Wisconsin. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Even if you're mad at the Packers or whatever it is that you got in your head, you still praise him. And if you go west and you hit California, you're afraid they're gonna tax your breath. (laughs) Because they tax everything in California nowadays. You don't worry, you're to praise him there too. You praise him down south, you praise him up north, you praise him at work, you praise him at school, you praise him in your bathroom, you praise him in your car. You praise him all day long, everywhere you go. Praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him in the morning, praise him in the noontime. Praise him, praise him, praise him when the sun. And I'm not singing again. That's your one time to get to sing with me. All day long, everywhere, everyone everywhere, praise him. But it also includes when you feel like it and when you don't. The sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13, 15, therefore let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Don't forget to do good, to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. I left that second part of the verse in there because it's not just in our song, it's also with our actions. We sacrificially praise. We we don't just give praise out of everything that we like. We praise him before the healing. We praise him in the difficulty. We praise him 
in the loss. A sacrifice of praise means I choose to do it even when it hurts. Praise him all the time. It's not a feeling, it's a declaration. Feelings can betray you. So you gotta praise him out of who he is and what he's done, not just out of how you feel. My dad taught me something when us kids when we were growing up that I had an attitude or any of my, my brother or my sister had an attitude or anybody had an attitude, he would say this, he'd go, attitude check. And we had no choice. We had to answer with, praise the Lord. <laughs> I mean, there were many times and I had an attitude and I would hear my dad say, attitude check, and there was a pause. I wasn't quick with the praise. I had to praise the Lord. <laughs> you know what my dad was teaching me? He was teaching me that I could praise him all the time. To not give the devil that moment or the worst part of who I am in that moment, to give God that moment. It's not a feeling, it's a declaration. When we praise God, it's an invitation for God to sit down on his throne in this moment. Even in grief, at our lowest of the low moments, Job had lost everything, his wife, his kids, his farm, his finances, and his health. And in Job chapter one, verse 20, it says that this, Job got up, tore his robes, and shaved his head, and then he fell to the ground in worship and said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord is taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. I really felt like as we were heading into this moment that I could not keep from you one of your pastor's most important parts of my practices and my disciplines. When I was little and I was growing up and I, I was awkward then and I'm still awkward now, but I was even more awkward. I can recall moments as a middle schooler where I felt for sure everybody was looking at me, that I looked awkward, that everybody saw the zit on my nose and I felt like I was overwhelmed. And I remember going to middle school class and they had worship and I was working through things with God and I didn't know who I was and but I knew that even though I was confused about me he wasn't confused at all and so I remember the very first time that I raised my hand to worship God in church and it was hard because nobody around me was doing it. But I was like, you know what? I'm gonna worship God right now. And as time has gone by, I have realized that in every low emotional part of my story, inevitably when I don't feel anything and I feel like the sky is crashing down on me and I don't know if anybody's with me or for me, I go to the one who is for me. And I don't go to him out of the feeling, oh God, you're, you're blessing me right now. 
It doesn't feel like a blessing right now. It feels like things are falling apart right now. But I don't go to him and praise him as the God that let things fall apart. I go to him and I say, Lord, I just want to say thank you because when I look over my shoulder and I think back over the years of my life, there has never been a moment that you didn't carry me through. There was never a time that you didn't help me make my way through. So I'm calling upon the God who has walked me through all these years. And even when I wandered away in my heart and I had rebellion in my story, you are so loving and so kind that you redirected my steps and you brought me back into the family and I'm on track again. So however I feel in this moment, I'm gonna stand in this moment and I'm gonna lift up my voice. I'm gonna declare the God who was and was, is, and who will be. I'm blessed in the city, and I'm blessed in the field, and I'm blessed when I come and I go. There is, there's something in me. I got Fred Hammond coming to me right now. Late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn it around. He's gonna do work in your favor. There's something about praise. And here's the thing that I want you to catch. You're gonna practice what I preach today. I have a choice of whether to leave it on the rack or put it on myself. And I'll tell you this, I can't praise for you. John Carlos can't praise for you. You gotta get your praise on for yourself. Would you stand with me today, church? Don't hold back your praise in your battles. Take it off the hanger and put it on. With everything that you're in a battle with, don't leave your greatest weapon in the drawer. Go ahead and look at your situation and then look at God. It may look like you're surrounded, but we're surrounded by heaven's armies. And today we're going to practice what I preached. Reserve this time for all of us to put our garments of praise on, to praise him, no matter how we feel. We're going to invite the King of kings and the Lord of lords to come in and sit over the top of us, enthroned in our family. Psalms, all those psalms, 150 psalms of praise to God. End with a Psalm 150. It says this, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud crashing cymbals. Come on. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Come on, somebody, give him praise. Give him praise. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out EmmanuelCC.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into the community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. 
We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.